Ariana Naba. Welcome everyone to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. Uh, this is episode 189 of our pretty little show here. Um, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, let's introduce ourselves before we talk about any of that. I'm I'm rusty at this. Hi, I'm Chad Michael Linus, one of your hosts. We also have <laughs> over here Holden, the nickel to the dime Depardo. That is my full name, as is my birth certificate. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that you showed us your birth certificate there on your palm. Yeah, you that's what it was. a very yep. tiny birth certificate. See. You probably can't see it over the web yeah. because of the low resolution. But we are here every single Fun weekend. Fun I'm listening. My birth certificate is wrong. <gasps> my birth certificate actually has the wrong birth date on it. Yeah. Oh, my God. By a year. Yeah. That changes so much. Like, it has the file date. As July, uh, like for whatever, like July something, they filed it, ninety mm-hmm. three. But then it says it was born July fourth, nineteen ninety four. They knew you so were it's coming. So clearly a mistake. No, they knew you were yeah, coming. They, they knew before conception. They knew the I was prophecy coming, like three was months foretold. before conceptions. <laughs> <laughs> you were the boy who lived. Holding the boy who lived, nickel to the dime, Depardo. Whose birth certificate is wrong. Uh, And we've also got the dreamiest Mm -hmm. fan base across the entire galaxy. Joining us from all over the world right now. Dallas in the chat is a prime representation of those people. Saying, lizard people are people too? I fucking knew it. Thanks, Dallas. Great contribution to the show. We also are available, if you're not watching us on Twitch every Sunday night at 8.30 as we do this live, you can get a slightly more professional version on Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. where we put up the video on demand. And also, Alto Balto, Alto, Age of Ultron, Oliver Twist. Coming up today, we're going to be talking about Halo Infinite and the rumors of Battle Royale. Ooh, that sounds like a Harry Potter book. Single player games (laughs) thriving and Casey Hudson... And Mark Dara leaving Bioware. Dun, dun, dun! Mm. But first and foremost, what's most important this week is the Game Awards. The awards for the games. Dun, 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 Sorry, I had to click the right window. Hey, everyone. We are going to go through the nominees today. We're going to discuss, ooh, whisper, whisper, whisper. What do you think is going to win? Whisper, whisper, whisper. And then we're going to choose our predictions for which game will win each category that's important to us. Not that's important, because esports are important, but not important to us, and we are ignorant when it comes to them. So that's today what we're going to do. First thing off the bat, we're also going to make some predictions about what cool new secret reveals, etc. we might see at the Game Awards as well, because that's also a part of it. So hold in. Let's go through these nomination categories, these nominees, if you will, uh, and decide who we think is going to win each category. If you are a patron, by the way, you can watch our uh, us win or lose live along with us on Thursday night. In place of game night, we will all be watching the Game Awards together in some capacity, TBD, to be determined. Uh, go to patreon.com slash fire if you want to participate. Holden, let's start with the category. Um... There's a category. Let's start with content creator of the year. We're not doing best debut game, right? Because we have no frame of reference for any of those. Yeah. Great. I'm making a note as well of who we think will win each one. Perfect. So I, I don't I got like it. taking notes. I'm not a secretary. I am rising above that stereotype. Next. Well, I am secretariat, so I will do you... it. <laughs> Very good. Very good, Holden. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> holding the horse, content creator of the year. 
There are five I'm individuals. the boy who lived to have a wrong birth certificate <laughs> and a horse. There's just so much, so much crazy shit happening this time. Oh, man. Self-proclaimed horse as well because of the size of your penis. <laughs> the content creator of you the year. It, not me. For a streamer or content I'm creator who has made an knew. important... <laughs> you just told me. You're the secretariat. They call you the secretariat because of your giant schlong. <laughs> Um, for streamer or content creator who has made an important and positive impact on the community in 2020. Uh, uh, sorry, Morgan Freeman snuck in there at the end. 2020. Andy Dufresne. <laughs> we have Alana Pierce. We have J.N. Lopez. We have Nick Merckx. Tim the Tatman, and Valkyrie, Ray? Valkyrie? V-A-L-K-Y-R-A-E. You can tell I know little about that person. Holden, who it's do you think is going to win? Name, Valkyrie? I think the answer is obvious here. I know Dallas is going to want me to say Nick Merckx mm-hmm. because Dallas loves Nick Merckx, but the answer is Alana Pierce. Ooh, why is the answer Alana Pierce? The answer is Alana Pierce because here's my analogy here. And, I, and this analogy might sound unfavorable to Alana Pierce, and I don't mean it to be because I love Alana Pierce. She's awesome. But you know how, like, when this is she's she's moving on to better things, right? Mm-hmm. Right. This is her. This is this the is last her last. This is her third career in 2020. <laughs> she's third she's in very popular. It's the final season of her being a content creator before oh. moving on to something else. And the final season of a show basically always wins the Emmy for Outstanding Drama or Outstanding Comedy Series, regardless of how good it is. Just like Game of Thrones Season 8 got Outstanding Drama Series Emmy. But this is the thing. She's really good. She actually deserves the Emmy for Outstanding Drama Series. <laughs> You're right. She's not going to win content creator of the year, but she will win the Emmy next year. Um, she will win the Emmy next year. <laughs> Interesting point. Uh, I am also going to say Alana Pierce. I'm only familiar with three of these people. Alana, Nick Merckx, and Tim the Tatman. Nick Merckx is a very... It's, it's an option that I think could be, especially if it were fan-chosen. I feel like Nick Merckx has a lot of clout there. Uh, Tim the Tatman is very entertaining to watch. Nick Merckx is very fun to watch. Uh, he's also very good at what he does. But Alana Pierce, specifically the description of the category, who's made an important and positive impact on the community. Mm-hmm. I think that goes to Alana Pierce. Yeah, she's just an all-around badass. And I want to just clarify real quickly. I was not making a, a value statement about her by comparing her to the worst scene, season of Game of Thrones. It's <laughs> not what it was about. <laughs> Just want to be very, very clear. Alana, if you're listening Alana to this, Pierce, you're amazing. Everyone, you're much everyone better. just go retweet. Don't do this. It's gonna def- it's gonna it's defamatory. But yeah. go to our page, retweet <laughs> this stream and say, Hey, Long Pierce apparently equals Game of Thrones season eight. No, she's like she's like season three of Game of Thrones. Oh, season wow. four. She's season three or four of Game of wow. Thrones. She's really good. Three is when we she's found out that uh is three when Joffrey died? No. That That's the beginning of four. That's beginning why I had to like go gotcha. back and forth. Three is the Red Wedding. That's oh, the thing. Red Wedding gotcha. is the, yeah, so, great stuff. Alana Pierce is like when all the people you like die. So it's kind of <laughs> like 2020. Emotionally Alana impact- Pierce is 2020. Pandemic. Done. <laughs> great analogy holding. We're making a lot of really fair, great comparisons <laughs> to how amazing Alana Pierce is. 
<laughs> All right. Best multiplayer game is our next category. For outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer online experiences. I added the word online. That's not in the official description. Irrespective. It's definitely not Animal Crossing. I'm just saying that right <laughs> Irrespective now. of game genre or platform. The nominees are Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Valorant. Hold on, you guessed first last time, so I'm going to make a prediction first this time. I am. I going, already said who it's not going to well, be. Well, you did say it's not going to be <laughs> Animal Crossing, and we all know that because it has the most horrific online experience of all of these, especially if you're trying to do <laughs> multiplayer. Um, I'm also going to rule out Call of Duty Warzone. While I do think that mm -hmm. it was, it was really, really great, and it adapted really well with the new zombies and like twist and Warzone around Halloween like it's it's adding new things and trying new things all the time I think Fallout Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout is going to walk away with the title on this one it took the world by storm they're listening to feedback they're making partnerships with all these right people it's it's going to be I think that's what's going to win so this is the first place we diverge because I I'm between Fall Guys and another game so like I totally see the Fall Guys great multiplayer experience Warzone it's a first-person shooter. It's a battle royale that copied other battle royales. Not to its fault. Warzone's my favorite battle royale, hands down. Ooh. Animal Crossing is just—it's not great. It's just not—it's just not a great multiplayer experience. I like playing it multiplayer, but I wouldn't say like, "Oh wow, what a profoundly amazing multiplayer experience." Because and here's here's the conclusion here: because Among Us was made by a handful of people and had better online than Animal Crossing made by Nintendo. Well well, do you do remember the many, 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 many hours that we spent trying to connect and all get in the same room in Among Us? But once we but were in the there... the fact that like, it's... Yeah, once you're in there, it's such an amazing... All the times we failed to get into Fall Guys as well. That's true. Totally comparable. Yeah. Totally comparable. Although Among Us definitely doesn't have as seamless a integration. But Among Us is so much fun. It is a... A game that could only be done in multiplayer. It is extremely popular Twitch. It even got AOC to do That's Twitch right. streams. It it influenced like, the election. My parents, my sisters are my my older sister, who has never played video games before, texted the family last week and said, Does anyone play this Among Us game? I play it mostly at night. We could have a whole family one. I was like, What? What are you doing? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it has penetrated our families. It is an amazing game, and I think it's going to be among the winners at the Game Awards. Very good, Holden. Very good. Let's move on to best sports slash racing game for the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing game. Well, that's a great description. Let's just restate the title again <laughs> with some extra words around it. <laughs> this, is another, this is another one where uh, we are not the experts, but we are going to try to... Should we, should we even do this one then? So here are the nominees. Dirt 5, F1 2020, <laughs> FIFA 21, NBA 2K21, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2. I'm just automatically going to default to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2 because people I like liked it. Done. I, I, I have to agree with you because that's the only reference I have as well. Matt, Great. you loved this game therefore it's going to be game of the year and brent don't don't forget brent loved it as well oh, it was brent, v vocal right. brent played it as well best sim slash strategy game best focus sorry excuse me <clears throat> best game 
focused on real-time or turn-based simulation or strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform. We have Crusader Kings 3, Desperados 3, Gears Tactics, Microsoft Flight Simulator, XCOM Chimera Squad. Hold on, I'm going to let you choose first this time. Anticlimactic, Microsoft Flight Simulator. 100%. 100%. That game yeah. is stunning in the scope and scale and, and wonder that it shows. And people... It came out on 10 DVDs. That's true. That's right. I forgot Case about that. closed. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I think most people are just nonstop in love with that game. I am still see people play it and tweet about it, too. Next up, Best Family. This is not Best Family game. This is just who has the Best, best Family. family. <laughs> Kardashians, end of story. <laughs> We're done here. I would vote Trump family for the best game appropriate <laughs> no, for No, you fam- wouldn't. <laughs> best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. Family play. We have this one's easy Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout, Mario Kart Live, Home Circuit, Minecraft Dungeons. And Paper Mario, the Origami King. Holden, I'm going to choose first this time. My prediction for best family game appropriate for family play is Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. For game, so we're not talking about your personal choice. I know. This is what you think will win overall. Twist. That was my personal choice. What do I think is going to actually win? I think it's going to be <laughs> Animal Crossing New Horizons. It doesn't make sense. But it's going to be Animal Crossing New Horizons. I already wrote it down for both of us. So, <laughs> oh, you 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 also chose Animal Crossing. Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah. perfect. I was so confident you would pick it too because looking at that list, like uh, Crash Bandicoot, it's about time to not win the award for best family games. That's not going to make it. <laughs> Fall Guys Ultimate knocked out of the race for best family game. It's Whoa. not going to make it. Record Life Circuit. <laughs> Mario Kart Live Circuit, or Home Circuit, yeah, okay, that could feasibly win, I guess. Minecraft Dungeon could feasibly win. Mario Kart, or Paper Mario Origami King, mm -mm, nope, fold your way out of here. But Animal Crossing New Horizons is the new horizon of family games for 2020. You are on fire today, Holden. All those puns. I came in really tired, and now I'm like on fire. I am completely burning up. Full on stiffy for you right now. Um, yeah, Animal Crossing New Horizons, that's going to win. I Also, here's my twist, will only win that category. That's the only thing it's going to win. Best fighting for the best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat. We have Grand Blue, fi- oh, excuse me, Grand Blue Fantasy versus Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, One Punch Man, A Hero Nobody Knows, under Night in Birth <laughs> EXE, late CL Dashar. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That is the actual title. Holden, this is another category where we're just, we're fucked. I know Mortal Kombat, I know Street Fighter. Okay, there's five. What? So we're going to do this. Hey Siri, give me a random number between <laughs> one and five. <laughs> Four, four. So it's going to be one punch, one punch man, man. A, hero. a hero nobody knows. Okay, I am going to go Easily. with 
Um, Mortal Kombat 11, just because I know people were lukewarm on Street Fighter V a thousand years ago when it launched, and I don't know how they feel now about it, but Mortal Kombat 11, people kind of liked it, except for whatever this new system is that they fucked up, but I don't know. Mortal Kombat 11. Moving on to best role-playing. For the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. The nominees are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royal, Wasteland 3, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Holden, what's going to win? You know, if it was Persona 5, I would say Persona 5, but it's Persona 5 Royal. Mm. Final Fantasy VII Remake had all sorts of hype around it. It's going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's also the only one on this list that's on the best uh, on the game of the year list. So there's that. Are um, the game of the year like nominees? I I'm torn between Final Fantasy VII Remake and Genshin Impact. I have not played Genshin Impact. I have not watched a trailer. I have not seen a screenshot outside of the one that I'm looking at right now for Genshin Impact. But I've heard people talk about it, and that is fantastic. It is huge, apparently, overseas in the Asia territories. But also, from what I hear, it's it's kind of weird to call it a role playing game. Mm. but it's apparently really big I'm gonna go with Final Fantasy 7 Remake but here's mm, that's that's what I'm, I think is gonna win you sound super confident I'm in that so one I'm so confident that was sorry Tim Curry <laughs> stuck in there at the end I'm so confident um, yeah Final Fantasy 7 no shut up it's gonna be Genshin Impact Genshin Impact is going to win this category Final Fantasy 7 Remake is gonna end up just like Spider-Man did in 2018 where it's gonna be fantastic but it's not gonna win anything unless segue to the next one twist best action slash adventure for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving our nominees are Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghosts of Tsushima, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, The Last of Us Part 2. Which game is the best action-adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving? So here's the thing. Orion Will of the Wisps, incredible traversal, wonderful puzzle solving, endearing game, A+. Aside from the technical issues that I've heard they passed, or not passed, but, you know, fixed. I'm surprised Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is still around. I know that it's only eligible this year because it missed the cutoff last year, but surprised to see that mm -hmm. on the list. I, however, am going to pick Ghost of Tsushima. Here's another twist. I think that might also be the only category that this one wins. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I So I was scrolling through this like list here, and then I get to Last of Us Part Two, and I'm like, ah, yes, I finally remember the puzzle where I had to move the dumpster so I can climb up on top of the dumpster to climb <laughs> up on top of something else. Uh, so I don't think that's going to win this category. That's not to shame this game, but like just because it's in the game of the year category doesn't mean it's going to win best adventure game because we're looking at just the best adventure game. Um, so I feel like you're right. I think it's going to be Ghost of Tsushima, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I'm sorry to everyone who really likes that game. Um, 
it, I, it, I don't think it's in that echelon compared to like a Ghost of Tsushima. Um, so I'm going to go with Ghost of Tsushima as well. But I think you're right, too. I think it's going to be the only thing that it wins. I think Miles Morales is going to get Spider-Man. But if anything else that wins not Ghost of Tsushima, it'll be Miles Morales, I think, there. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up, best action game. Also, Nerds at Large Gaming in the chat uh, says, fuck out of here with you Genshin Impact. Ori all day, you peasants. I assume those are related to two different categories because they're not in the same category. Um, Ori is going to be the best RPG Ori. of the year. Ori, I want, I want to do a barf game where it's just everyone yells at Holden to play Ori, and that's it. That's all it is. Uh, also in the chat, Nerds at Large says, has Chad ever just spilled the water all over himself when he pours it? Um, you spelled pours as in skin pours, but it's okay. I forgive you. And yes, it's happened a lot. My crotch gets wet a lot. Best action game for the best game in the action genre focused primarily on combat. Doom Eternal, Hades, Half-Life, Alex, Neo 2, Streets of Rage 4. I really feel like the last two, they were like, God, what else can we put in this category? We need something. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, well, I, I, Neo 2, I'm sure, is really good combat. It's a Souls-like game. I've heard good things about it, but Streets of Rage 4, I'm like, never heard of it before, so definitely not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> just not gonna happen um actually I, ha I have heard of it before but not like i've heard about hades constantly mm -hmm. in the past few months so i feel like hades is gonna take this one i feel like i feel like it's that it kind of shafts doom eternal because i think doom eternal totally has the um the cojones to win this one but uh i think it's gonna be hades people are loving hades and i Half-Life Alex I've heard really good things about, but it's how many people have played that game versus how many people have gotten yeah. a chance to play these other games. And when we think about I, I know we've so. mentioned a couple of times, the way that the, the nominations and the voting for the Game Awards is, is that they, they send out to all the press outlets and influencers. They say, hey, what do you think is the best action game? And so it's not necessarily a group of people sitting in the room like, you know what? We gave Spider-Man this one, so we're going to give this to other... Each category is like its own thing. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you have to consider like if they sent it out to a hundred people in the gaming industry and only 10 of them played Half-Life Alex. that's 90 votes that it can't get because no one played that game. Which yeah, is unfortunate exactly. because that game's going to get totally Spider-Man 2 as well. <clears throat> mm -hmm. uh, yes, Dallas, it is normal for your crotch to be wet while watching me, especially on camera. Uh, Hades, I think, is correct as well. That is going to win the prediction for best action game. I do think Doom Eternal has some fantastic action, but Hades has recency bias, and um, I just want to see Doom Eternal burn because I'm a bad person and I like to see Brent upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you so much, Brent. <laughs> Next category, innovation in accessibility, recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. The nominees are Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Grounded, Hyperdot, The Last of Us Part 2, and Watch Dogs Legion. Holden? I I choose first this time, or you, yeah, I choose first this time. You yeah, you choose first. I this am time. going to say, I want I want to mention that I am ignorant of most of the accessibility features in these specific games. However, I am very aware of The Last of Us Part Two uh, and all of its accessibility features. I've looked through them all. It was like 
in the news all over whenever the game was coming out. There are videos of people like the blind gamer literally crying because they've never seen a game this accessible before to them. Um, so I'm going to go with The Last of Us Part Two, just anecdotally based on all of that stuff that I've observed and seen myself. I believe in the rest of these companies, but I think Naughty Dog has probably done it best. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Grounded didn't even have the full game accessible <laughs> at launch, so no way it can be that. Uh, Last of Us Part Two. It's the only game that I distinctly remember accessibility features being a discussion point amongst all all the other things being discussed at the launch of that game. Right. So I feel like it has to be Last of Us Part Two. Matter of fact, just like Animal Crossing New Horizons, I already wrote it down for the both of us. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Next category, best VR or AR for the best game experience playable in virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of platform. The nominees are Dreams, Half-Life Alex, Marvel's Iron Man VR, Star Wars Squadrons, the Walking Dead, Saints, and Sinners. Is this even a competition? Why is there other games on this list besides Half-Life Alex? Right. Right. I feel like um, Half-Life Alex. most people are like saying they're really, really upset because it didn't even get any kind of Game of the Year nod or anything like that, even though it's apparently... <gasps> Jesus, Michael, American Christ. Um, um, most of the incredible games of the year. But obviously, it is a VR-only experience, and it is also incredible. So, Half-Life Alex, duh. Yeah, like, I know that games like Dreams have been good in VR. I know that Iron Man VR was a really good experience. Uh, I know that, it, but Half-Life Alex kind of seemed like, the way people were talking about it was, oh, this is the killer app. This is the thing that really transcends VR into kind of a new echelon of what gaming is capable in that medium. So, I feel like it kind of has to be Half-Life Alex. Yep. Plus, also, these people want to encourage Valve to make more Half-Life games. So there's also that. <laughs> yes, that's important. <laughs> yes, Best very community important. support. Recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity, and game updates slash patches. Thank you, Dallas, for telling me hiccups are not real, and I have not hiccuped since I saw that message. Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Fortnite... No Man's Sky, or Valorant? Holden. It's your turn, Chad. You're right. It is my turn. But. Um, so there are many games on here that are great about content updates. Destiny 2 puts out very frequent content updates, balancing things, responding to player feedback, especially right at the beginning of Beyond Light. They reintroduce guns that people are like, I can't believe these guns are not here for some reason, blah, blah, blah. And then they reintroduce them at people's complaint. Fall Guys, lots of great content coming. No Man's Sky, like nonstop floodgates of new stuff to make that game better. Obviously. So that's, that's it. But then you get to social media. Fall Guys nails social media with the, with their retorts and their tweets and all that fun stuff. All of their collaborations. Destiny 2, however, they have weekly content updates. They have uh, weekly like check-ins, blog posts with the creators. They have story trailers coming out, all this kind of stuff. I'm ignorant of the rest. So I'm going to say it's between Destiny 2 and Fall Guys, but it's Destiny 2. I'm going to say it's Destiny 2. Hold on, your turn. Your turn. So here's the thing. I wrote something down already. Oh, no. Not for both of us. Was it Resident Evil 3 Nemesis? 
Is that what you wrote down? Three <laughs> nemesis. Yes. But I deleted it, and here's why. I wrote, uh, for initially I wrote down No Man's Sky, and then you just said the thing about social media activity. Mm. Fortnite has, it just even though I'm not a fan of them right now, Fortnite has kind of changed the game with, with kind of spectacle with game of service with having concerts and playing movies and stuff like within yeah and travis scott no one else has done anything like that and fortnite does regular content updates the only downside is they just do not respect their audience by playing wars with apple but most people are on epic side on that debacle so i feel like that's not really a factor um so as much as I want to see No Man's Sky, because I feel like they've done a really good job, and I do, I tweeted about this a little while ago, but I do feel like they deserve it. Fortnite does very unique things that no other game I could do because of just the absolute draw that Epic's games has become. So I'm act, I'm going to pick Fortnite. I, I, yeah, you make some good points, and in fact, even McDonald's made that Travis Scott burger. So I think. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Travis Scott's going to win Best Community Support. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Best Mobile Game for the best game playable on a mobile device. Among Us, Call of Duty Mobile, Genshin Impact, Legends of Runeterra, Pokemon Cafe Mix. This is so easy. Pokemon Cafe Mix, absolutely. <laughs> No, no, uh, Among Us. It has to be Among Us. I think this is 100% going to Genshin Impact. You think Genshin Impact? Yep. I think this is, because I think that's the primary place where people play this, other than maybe PS4, but uh, so many people play this on their phones, especially in Asia. And Among Us is great, but it's really more of a PC game. I've only played it on mobile, so I always Uh, forget it's a PC game. Yeah, but everyone who's streaming is streaming it from PC. All right. Best indie game for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. Carry on. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Hades. Spelunky 2. Spiritfarer. Holden. This one is mine. I'm saying this. Um, This is going to go to Hades as well. He's going to win Best Action are, and I think Best Indie. You are so wrong, Chad. Oh, it's what? clearly going to be Hades. So oh, let's move on. shit, you're right. Can I change mine to Hades? Mm, I'll allow it. Oh, thank you. You're so benevolent. I am a benevolent <laughs> god. Xerxes. Best Ongoing Game. Awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. Apex Legends. Destiny 2, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, No Man's Sky. This one's going to go to No Man's Sky. This one is tough because all of these are excellent in this category. Mm -hmm. Outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. While you're thinking through that, I think it's kind of funny. There's best ongoing and best community support because, like, thinking about what they are, yeah. they're kind of similar. Yeah, they're very similar. It's yeah, but they're, I guess they're they're different enough. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Destiny Two again here, and this is my reason. I think because 2020 specifically for Destiny Two was the year that they, since Destiny launched, they added the very first new 
stasis power. They added, they changed the way that all of those things worked. They completely took away planets and introduced new things and new activities. And, and so they, they're constantly, they are updating the way that people play this game, evolving the player experience over time. And it majorly changed with this newest update in 2020. So that's why I'm going to say Destiny 2. Games for Impact. For a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. If found. Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. Spiritfarer. Tell me why. Through the darkest of times. Is it me this time? Am I choosing again this time? Yeah, I'm choosing. I'm going to uh, go with yeah, uh, tell me why. And I'm going to say that because... While I've like kind of tangentially heard of all of these games, Don't Nod and you know Life is Strange and Ashley Birch and all them fun stuff, all being related to Tell Me Why, I think that that has the most recognition. So I think that's going to win. I've thought really long and hard about this one, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and because this is an important one. And hey Siri, give me a random number between <laughs> one and five. A random number between one and five is two. It's going to be Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. And the answer is obvious. You know, that game has been built up for a very long time. It was released in patches over a long period of time. And now it's finally released all at once. Very good. That's the only thing I know about the game. And that's why it's going to win. <laughs> very good. Best performance. Awarded which to one did you pick again? Uh, tell me why. Tell me why. Is I chose tell me why, yeah. Okay. Best performance awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion, and or performance capture. Ashley Johnson as Ellie in The Last of Us Part 2. Laura Bailey as Abby in The Last of Us Part 2. Hold on, which one do you think is going to win? <laughs> I'll tell you which one would cause cities to burn, and that's if Abby wins. <laughs> uh, I'm joking. There are more nominees, even though we know it's really just going to come down to them. The others are Daisuke Sejui, Tsuji as Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima, Logan Cunningham as Hades from Hades, and Naji Jader as Miles Morales from Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, but yes, we I all know. I was still typing when he started that one. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, there's only two nominees. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> think anything. Yep. Ashley, it's, it's Ashley Johnson. You think as, it's Ashley Johnson? It's Ellie. Johnson? And, and the, yeah, I, uh, I think so. Um... Yeah, I think so. It's really it's tough. It's tough to not but talk about spoilers with... when we're kind of yeah. figuring this also, out. Also, cities will burn if, if, if Laura Bailey is Abby Because <laughs> <laughs> people are very critical of that for whatever reason. I, I, I also think Ashley Johnson as Ellie is going to win. I think, though, that we are biased a little bit because when I think about Ellie, I think... It is a much more kind of well-rounded, not much more, but I, I feel like I know more about Ellie. She's more well-rounded, deeper as a character, um, multi-layered. But I think that's cheating because we had a whole extra game with her. Um, yeah. here's. But I think that's, what, that's who's going to win. I, I, I joked earlier, but to kind of be more serious about it, like people kind of hate Abby as a character, and I get why. Without going to spoilers, I get why. I get it. This is not a comment on her acting because I think that Laura Bailey was absolutely like brilliant as as Abby, but I feel like so many people were not 
able to overcome their hatred of Abby to see the the nuance and how you know multidimensional she is and how well Laura Bailey put it off. And it's not because of Laura Bailey's performance. It's because of the shock of that game and just how people responded to it. And it's unfortunate because I actually think that Laura Bailey's performance is totally on par with Ashley Johnson's. But like you said, there's an extra game we've had with Ellie. We have more connection with her. We're also seeing just Ellie's character go through so much through a story that I think most people could connect to more immediately. Again, like you said, because we had a whole game with her before. So it's like it's it's unfair. It really is unfair. But it's Ashley Johnson. That might be the toughest category of the entire thing. Best audio design. Recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. Doom Eternal. Half-Life Alex, Ghosts of Tsushima. Resident Evil 3. The Last of Us Part 2. Holden, you're up. No, I'm up. It's you're oh, up. Yeah, I'm you're up. up this time. Uh, this one, I'm, I have actually played all of these games except for Half-Life Alex, but I am going to give this to The Last of Us Part 2 as well. Everything about that game and its sound design. I remember just like walking through the snow, hearing the snow crackle off the trees beside me and um, everything about that game from the sounds of the the weapons as you're beating people to the dogs, the sounds that they like, all of it is just like so realistic and immersive and disturbing. But it's a it's a wonderful audio design. You're up. I already wrote down Last of Us Part 2 for both of us. Moving on. Best score and music. For outstanding music inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. Doom Eternal. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hades. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. The Last of Us Part 2. Holden, you're up. Chad, prepare to have your eyes roll. Because it's tough for me because I love Mac Quayle, who did some music on Last of Us Part 2, because he did some really good music on Mr. Robot. But that doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> it's not relevant what I think. It's what everyone else thinks. And most people, unfortunately, have not seen Mr. Robot. And I also don't have much to say in this category to begin with, because like I kind of play music and go, oh, yeah. The music was good in that game, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't like... It doesn't hit me like in the moment as much. Um, I know Doom Eternal got a lot of really good um, press about its music. Um, but I'm kind of thinking about games that like evoked emotion in people because of the music. And I'm, I'm going to guess that Final Fantasy VII Remake did that for people. And I'm making a fairer assumption saying Last of Us Part Two did that for people. I think that we all cried during certain scenes where music was prevalent in that story without spoiling anything. <sighs> so I'm, I'm going to say Last of Us Part 2, but it's really just because I don't have a good answer. So there's no, there's no really good like yeah. insight for me here. There is, a, there is a giant gap in my judgment around Hades. I don't know anything about the music or score of Hades, uh, so this could take me by surprise. The Last of Us Part 2, while music is an incredibly important part of that game... I don't feel like the score and music throughout are consistently important or memorable. Or You're just saying that because you're biased against Mr. Robot. That's exactly right. <laughs> no, uh, but Final Fantasy VII Remake, however, had took what was already like a um, an industry-defining score in Final Fantasy VII and just made it incredible and added so many new things with the freaking chocobo. Uh, it was great. It was wonderful. That and the fact that 
everyone wanted to go download it and listen to that score by itself afterwards, and you couldn't unless you paid $35 for it on streaming because you can't stream it as part of Apple Music or Spotify. Still stupid. Next up. Oh, wait, wait a second. I'm changing mine to yours, Final Fantasy VII Remake, because I don't have, like, I, I, I trust your opinion on that much more than my own. Okay. Okay. So I'll allow it, because you allowed both going me with that one. Hades earlier. Change your <laughs> From Hades to Hades. <laughs> Next up, best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ghosts of Tsushima. One singular ghost. I apologize. Hades. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. The Last of Us Part 2. It's your turn. This one's so fucking hard, Holden. <laughs> Hades looks completely like unique and different than everything else and awesome. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, especially in HDR, is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. The Last of Us Part Two, however, also has the technical achievements in animation that make it look completely fantastic. Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think, again, looks really, really fucking great, but I don't think it quite stands out on any of those levels. Ghost of Tsushima, I think it um, it's a beautiful world, but the character models and the animations and things like that kind of fall apart at moments. So I think it's really between Hades, Ori, and Last of Us Part Two. And I don't, I, I am stumped. I have no idea. Oh, I'm going to go to Hades. I'm going to say Hades. Oh, that's tough, but I'm going to say Hades. So here's the thing about Hades. How much different is Hades art style than past Supergiant Games titles? But they're it feels all very also similar beautiful. God, Bastion. Yeah, but it's the same Transistor. art Transistor. And I guess you could say the same thing about Ori and the Will of the Wisps, but I feel like that has that was been like a focus point of discussion around Ori and the Will and the Wisp was its arts direction. So I'm going to go with Ori and the Will of the Wisps right. this time around. Right. But Next. I was between that and Haiti, and then and then I changed my <laughs> that mind. That and, and Haiti, Haiti, the island nation Hades. of Haiti, 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 um, Haiti, great game. A little bit different than Haiti. It's a <laughs> very bit different. different game. Three categories left: <laughs> best narrative. For outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. That's it. That one. <laughs> Next category. I'm just kidding. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, The Last of Us Part Two. I think you already wrote down for both of us The Last of Us Part Two. Is that correct? Oh, no. I wrote down 13 Sentinels for both Great. of us. Great. Moving on. It's going to be The Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> Best Game Direction. <laughs> Awarding, sorry, excuse me, excuse me, awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, The Last of Us Part Two. It's your turn. Is it? This, Why is it this always is the toughest me? one. This is it's actually been you every other time, Chad. Not always you. God. <laughs> this is tough because I feel like this is the one category where I think Ghost of Tsushima might win. From everything like the way that you travel and navigate around that world to... But then I get to some of the like 
some of the complaints I heard about the game were the, the quest structure just gets incredibly repetitive as you go through all the side quests. Which one? Sorry, go like for a second. Yeah, okay. But there are so many mechanics and things that are that they did differently and were new. Uh, they had an outstanding creative vision and innovation. Mm-hmm. But then I think about like The Last of Us Part Two and their their narrative, the way that they crafted that, and uh, it's so tough. What do I think is going to win The Last of Us Part Two? <clears throat> this one's really, really tough for me too, because like going on the list here. Okay, Final Fantasy Seven remake. It's a remake. So, like, how good the, could the direction be? But it's a remake that changes things up and kind of refocuses one portion of an old game into a full experience in and of itself. That's an achievement. Ghost of Tsushima. I like that game a lot, but I, I didn't play that game and thought, oh, man, this is doing so many unique things that I've never yeah. quite seen before. Um, and that's not to knock it. It's fun. Not, not every game has to reinvent the wheel. Excuse me. Hades. Don't know enough about it. I just don't. I know people really like that game, but I don't know how much of that has to deal with the game direction. Half-Life Alex, uh, you're taking a medium that has not been 100% proven yet, and you're making something that is a big deal within that medium. And I feel like that's a there's a huge amount of incredible game direction that has to go into something like that. But as we discussed earlier, how many people actually played it? To, to have it outclass everything else. And then Last of Us Part 2, um, part of game direction is product management. And with the amount of crunch and issues like that, that, I, I don't know, for me that would be a consideration um, in this. But is that the consideration but in all the media also, outlets? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the toughest one for me. I don't know. <sighs> So I'm going to say Animal Crossing New Horizons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, I'm going to go with Last of Us Part 2. What was yours again? You you, you both did Last of Us Part 2? Yeah. Okay. Game of the year. I'm not even going to read the description because it's Animal Crossing. (laughs) Recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all... Across... Across all creative and technical fields. Doom Eternal. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ghosts of Tsushima. Hades. Animal Crossing New Horizons. The Last of Us Part Two. This is me. No, this is you. So, this is you. This is me, yeah. And I didn't want to start off this one. Because <laughs> this is really tough, too. <laughs> Here's the thing about this list is that, or this, you know, these set of nominees is, again, this is all based off of outlets and how outlets vote on on this. And right now, the most, the game's getting the most discussion is Hades and Last of Us Part 2. And I kind of feel like that's enough to knock everything else out. So I feel like it's between those two. I feel like we're in agreement on that. It's between those two. And as much as I want to say Last of Us Part 2, I've heard so many people say, 
well, Hades, everyone's talking about Hades, but how much is that as recency bias and how much will people kind of reconsider that as they're thinking again about the, the entire year? And then I think about how, and again, I'm just kind of putting myself into this at this point, but like how The Last of Us Part Two, I feel like takes game narrative, and I know this isn't just about game narrative, it's overall, but it takes game narrative in such a like emotionally resonant and powerful direction where I feel like I could tell this story to my parents and they would cry too. It's not just like a video game story. Matter of fact, HBO is making this, and I and I literally every time I think about this game, it, it's not it's not the qualifier. It's not that HBO is making it that's gonna make a game of the year, but the qualifier for me is HBO is making it, and I think about how excited I am that more people get to experience this story that wouldn't have been able to otherwise. But then I think, but they're not gonna get the story because they're not gonna feel that emotional connection because they're not playing as Ellie. They're not playing as a character that I will not spoil. They play as because I was about to. <laughs> I basically revealed that. Well. Fuck that. They Naughty Dog revealed it in a new trailer <laughs> recently. <laughs> when you play as Abby and you feel that playing as Abby. So I'm going to go Last of Us Part 2 because I just feel like games have had, and I've said this many times before, but like in the past in the show, but games have this capacity for empathy and storytelling that no other medium has. And I've never played a game before that lives up to that as much as The Last of Us Part 2. And it's an experience that I'm going to remember for a really long time. Plus one. And I feel like that sentiment is pretty common throughout the industry. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Last of Us Part Two. I am. Hades is a, seems like a really good game, but it's Last of Us Part Two is more than that. That's all right. You can go now. Sorry. I, no, I'm I'm right there with you, and especially when I think about the definition too absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields like this game was flawless in so many ways and uh was able to accomplish a lot of things technically that games had not been able to do forever and i know this is like a a funny Mm -hmm. cheeky example but like showing characters putting clothing on is something that has never been able to be done and it's something they figured out how to do Mm -hmm. and make look great and natural and yeah no, and I think that's exactly right. Is It seems like the small thing, but it's the culmination of all of those small things throughout the entire game that make it so believable. And the, it's it's kind of like, you know, when sp- special effects aren't important, special effects are really stupid, blah, 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 they ruin the story, but really good special effects enhance the story. And all the acting and sound design and art direction and putting clothes on adds to you bawling your eyes out throughout this entire experience <laughs> and hating yourself for doing the things you did in this and having to, that emotional connection to the story. All that is because of everything coming together. All right, that's it. Those are our predictions for who will win each important category to us at the Game Awards this Thursday. Again, if you're a patron, watch along with us. Go to patreon.com slash fire for details coming TBD about how we're going to do that. But there's one more part of the Game Awards that is arguably the part that most people are there to watch anyway. It's kind of like the commercials of the Super Bowl. And that is the surprises. The new game announcements, sometimes hardware announcements, all these new reveals, trailers we've never seen before, world premieres. And Holden, you've done a great job putting together a whole table of games that are either upcoming or rumored and maybe unannounced yet that we might be able to see. And we're going to pick five that we think might be there. So 
Here are the games. It's a big list. From Microsoft, here are some, some choices that we have of games that might be visible or revealed or have a trailer. I might have missed some, to be clear. I might have missed some. This isn't everything, so there's the anything games. missing. This is Feel every free game to that's being worked on in the Let industry right now, ever. Halo Infinite. <laughs> From Microsoft, we have Halo Infinite, Avowed, The Medium, Senua's Say... Senua's Sacrifice, Hellblade 2. No, Senua's... Is it Senua's Sage? Yeah, Senua's Sacrifice. No, it's Senua's Sacrifice. Saga. Saga, Saga that's what it was. What... I typed... Yeah. I put a E instead of an A. Gotcha. No prediction. They're changing it to oh, Senua's Sage. Everwild. Oh. Fable. Bright Memory Infinite. Scorn. Forza Motorsport. Stalker 2. State of Decay 3. Starfield. And Elder Scrolls 6. It's so weird to see Bethesda as now part of that Microsoft group of games. I know. It felt weird. I'm like, third party, no. <laughs> it's, it's over there now. From PlayStation, we have the God of War sequel, Horizon Forbidden West, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Deathloop, Ghostwire Tokyo, Gran Turismo 7, Project Athea, Returnal, mm -hmm. Stray, Kena Bridge of Spirits, Oddworld Soulstorm, Metal Gear Solid Remake, which is unannounced but rumored, Silent Hills slash Kojima's next project, which they're hiring for, and Destruction All-Stars. From Nintendo, we have Breath of the Wild 2, Metroid Prime 4, Metroid Prime Trilogy, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, Bravely Default 2, Axiom Verge, Hollow Knight Silk Song, No More Heroes 3, Shin Megami Tensei 5, and Bayonetta 3. And then from our third party slash indie category, we have Rainbow Six Quarantine, Far Cry 6, Lord of the Rings Gollum, Resident Evil Village, Dying Light 2, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, Gotham Knights, Suicide Squad, Hogwarts Legacy, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, and Elden Ring. All right, Holden. It's one by one. Pick the games that we think will be in some capacity at the Game Awards. What's your first pick? So let's go back and forth. Well, I, I I ended the game awards. I stuff, will so why don't pick you start with first. this one. Metroid Prime Four. And I think we're gonna see this because it's, a big one. it's been a while, as Stain says. And mm -hmm. uh, they also just posted a job listing on Nintendo's Twitter for playtesters for rare studios. Oh sorry, uh, retro studios. So I think it's oh, I think I it's hear about that. Yeah, I think it is uh, in a state where it might be showable. Yeah, because, I mean, it's been about almost two years since they re-announced, yeah, rebooted. I just say re-announced, but yeah, re rebooted. Yeah, you're right. That That's totally possible. That could happen. Yeah. What's your I'm first I'm going to keep the back of my mind for a second, because okay. I, I was going to say it's going to be a no-show, but I, you, make, you make a good point. I'm going to start with one I'm very confident in. I think it's time we see Elden Ring. Oh, I you will, think uh, so? From soft, I think so, and, I, and from software... They revealed Sekiro Shadows Die Twice at the Game Awards. It wasn't... We, they just said Shadows Die Twice. We didn't know it was... We, people thought it was Bloodborne 2 at, at that time. But they have a they have shown content at the Game Awards before. So it's not infeasible. It, and again, it's it's been a while. So I think it's time. And I, I'm right. very confident the game's coming out next year. So what better time to show it off? What better time? Next up, I'm going to put out there that we will see more from Horizon Forbidden West. I think it's coming out next year, along with a slew of other games from PlayStation. And now that we've had their first few out the door, we've got to see something. And I feel like God of War sequel, they want to be more secretive, but Horizon Forbidden West is kind of like their 
their child they're most proud of that they want to put the bumper sticker on the car for. Yeah. And especially since there was, I think, there was some, like, European PlayStation trailer thing that said that's coming in, like, the middle of 2021 oh, or something right. like that. Yeah. So, in that time frame. So, yeah, it that would make sense, too. Nintendo showed a lot of Breath of the Wild at the Game Awards over many years. It's been a while since we've seen that, too. And stained is popping up left year, and right. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, and that game, I'm thinking it's coming next year. Next year is the 35th anniversary of Zelda. So it would make sense to time it that way to have it come out next year, like end the year with Breath of the Wild Part 2, but then start it with like a you know collection of Zelda games or something like that, like they did with Mario. Something along those lines. Maybe they'll let Mario finish his run first. Um, since it's limited after all. But I feel like it's time that we, just like Elden Ring, it's time that we saw Breath of the Wild 2, and Nintendo has a uh, a reputation of having Breath of the Wild at Game Awards, including shadow-dropping the Champion's Ballad. That's right. Um, DLC. So they they have done big Zelda things there before. Please make my day. Please do it. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. I'm going to put in there Hellblade 2 Senua's Saga. That's what I'm going to put because I think, especially with 2020, there's going to be a greater focus on mental health. We have the Games for Impact category, and I think we're going to hear more mm-hmm. about what their studio is doing with their mental health initiatives because they, they started saying, yeah, we're going to look into research and sponsor people who are looking to make games specifically mm-hmm. around mental health. So I think we're going to see them as kind of a little bit of a maybe behind-the-scenes look uh, around that topic. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think you're I think you're onto something there. This next one's a wild card. And like I almost don't want to say it, but I, I feel like I just feel like it makes sense. It's been over a year since Death Stranding came out. I don't think we're gonna see a lot of whatever Kojima's next thing is going to be. Because we got the Death Stranding trailer pretty soon after he left Konami. It didn't take that long. Yep. We and had before they even had an engine. Are... We had a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And recently, Jeff Keighley gave a promise ring to Kojima. So I feel like you know <laughs> that's something that they would that Kojima would let Jeff Keighley show off at his show. So I feel like not Silent Hills. I'm not saying what it is because I don't think you can make predictions about what Kojima is going to do at this point. Um, it could be Silent Hills. I don't know, but I'm, that's not my prediction. My next, my prediction is just that we will get some sort of idea of what Kojima's next project will be. It will, even if it's just like a passing, hey guys, I am working on my next thing right now, and I'm leaving it at that. Like it, there will be something about his next project there. All right, even if it's just him sitting at a desk drawing a Pokemon. <laughs> 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 that would be really amazing. Kojima's making the next Pokemon game. It's Pokemon and Bug Snacks combined with a Kojima twist. Oh man, I'd play that. Uh, next up, Ooh, excuse me, yawns aren't real. Um, <laughs> I feel like we're gonna see something from a. There are a lot of games out there that were started, pandemic hit, maybe they've been delayed, or we just haven't heard a lot about, like, Lord of the Rings Gollum, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Dying Light 2, where the fuck has that game been? It was supposed to be out, like, a trillion years ago. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there are, like, Elden Ring is one of those as well. There's a lot of those that 
that we haven't heard about in so long, they've got to resurface. Yeah. And I'm going to pick Rainbow Six Quarantine as that game to resurface. Mm. Although it might be named something different now due to the connotation of the word quarantine. Oh, that's a good call out. But the next that's Rainbow a really Six game, good call out. the evolution of whatever that might might have been. I want to put in parentheses name change because I think that's a really good call. I'm not going to hold you to it. You won't lose points or anything like that if it's not that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's such a good call out because you're, you're right. It, they're, they're not going to call it quarantine after all this <laughs> new name. They'll call it like Rainbow Six Biohazard or something like that that's still like associated but not quarantine. Like yeah. that word is now tainted. Even biohazard actually might be tainted. Maybe not biohazard. They're they're gonna well, call Resident it Rainbow Evil's got Six biohazard, so they can't call it that. Well, there's also that. Well, I was just gonna make that joke. I was just gonna say Rainbow Six Resident Evil Village is gonna be the name <laughs> of the next, <laughs> the next one. Um. Okay, so on that kind of note of like, it's been a while since we've we've seen it. Mm. Uh, Deathloop, Bethesda game. We've been seeing a lot of Deathloop lately. It's a Bethesda game, but so is Ghostwire Tokyo, and I feel like we have not really seen much since the last PlayStation showing of that game. I feel like that's... Didn't we see a lot of Ghostwire Tokyo? And it looked different in than... June. Was it June? Okay. Was that June? Was it June? Oh, wait, you're, I think you're right. It might have been... It was... I think it was June. I feel like it was the same event where we saw a lot of Deathloop. Where the first time we saw Deathloop, I think, was at the PlayStation event as well. Like Both of them were shown off there. But I feel like, you Regardless, know, the, the newest trailer where they actually now. showed us what Deathloop actually is? Let's see. Yeah, look it up. It, it, it actually might have been the um, the September event, or uh, August, whenever it was. Um, but we have a release date for Deathloop now. Matter of fact, you can pre-order it now on PlayStation. We don't have that for Ghostwire Tokyo yet. They need to do that. They're going to do that. I think you're right. I think it was June. For Ghostwire. Time is a flat circle and fit it in a bottle. <laughs> time in a bottle. A Ghostwire gameplay reveal trailer. It was dated. It's June, June 11th. 11th. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, everything we've been kind of talking about so far, most of it, like, there's got to be a surprise. There's got to be something surprising. Yeah. Although you've you've mentioned Kojima's next thing, which will be a little surprising. And Breath, uh, I don't know what I my, with my last one. I got to get something surprising. Metroid Prime Four would be a big surprise, especially if we actually saw it. Started off with a big. What one. if they just gave us the 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 title sequence again, <laughs> but with a different font? It's a <laughs> different font. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that would be amazing. That would be incredible. I'm going to... No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say... Left turn. Hollow Knight Silk Song. You think? I think we're going to see some Hollow Knight Silk Song. Cause it's, Interesting. It's, All right. It was announced, but it's been long enough that we haven't heard anything from a bit. And it's one of those things that I'm like, this has got to be pretty close to release, right? So they want to drum up some excitement. Everyone's going to be watching the Game Awards. What better place to remind people this mm-hmm. exists? Dallas says Crossroads 2. That could be your number five, Holden. <laughs> Damn it, Dallas. I didn't put it on the list just so Chad wouldn't take it. <laughs> um, okay, so this next one, 
Um, I haven't done a Sony game on here yet, and I do feel like Sony's going to... They have a lot of games coming out next year, and apparently, apparently, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart's coming out as soon as, like, February. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was supposed to come out, like, Q1 or something like that, or early yeah, 2021. Yeah, so... I feel like this would be the place to say, hey, and I, they're not going to say, like, hey, and that game's coming next week. They're going to have a little bit of a lead-up to it. We don't have a single release date for another PlayStation right. 5 game coming up. <coughs> so this I feel like this is date. the perfect place. Well, also, this is the one they've shown off the most of. They showed off more of Ratchet & Clank than Demon's Souls. We didn't even know Demon's Souls was a launch title until after everyone bought a console. So I feel like it's, I think it's Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Nice. We're going to get the release date for that as well. Nice. Oh, look, I can put my cursor on your nose. I can pick your nose with my mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, excellent guesses. So we've each chosen five. I have Metroid Prime 4, Horizon Forbidden West, Senua Saga Hellblade 2, Rainbow Six Quarantine with maybe a new name, and Hollow Knight Silk Song. Holden has Elden Ring, Breath of the Wild 2, Kojima's Next Project, Ghostwire Tokyo, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. The, here, we also picked completely different games. We which did. Surprised me. Going into this, the rules were that hey, we could pick the same game if we want. That's totally fine because the stakes are really low. The stakes are whoever wins gets to eat whatever they want the day they find out they win. Whoever loses gets to eat whatever they want the day after they find out that they lost. Those are the stakes. You can have steak <laughs> as the thing that you choose to eat on the day that you win or lose. But if you lose, remember it's the day after. Uh, there are no restrictions on what you can eat outside of your winning or losing date. So you can eat what you want on those days as well. Those are high those stakes. Those are high stakes. <laughs> That's it for our Game Awards. Again, patreon.com slash respawn aim fire if you want to watch along with us somehow. TBD. Let's move on, Holden. We are over an hour into our show today, and uh, we've got just a little bit more to talk about, starting with Playtime, where we talk about the games we've been playing this week, and <laughs> I like your little organization from last week, so I've decided to let you keep it this week as well. Let's talk about the <laughs> games that we both played first, uh, so, which was Rainbow Six Siege. Holden, Siege. this was the first time that we got to play this in the glorious update on PS5 with 4K. We both experienced 60 frames per second. What were your thoughts? What were your thoughts? Um, it was fine. It was Rainbow Six Siege with triggers that kind of vibrated against you. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of kind of wanted to turn that off, actually, multiplayer environment, which I didn't expect. I kind of wanted to turn that feature off in that game. So we played this in, in game night, and I had I had the same experience as you, where the adaptive triggers, triggers really threw me. Because I wasn't expecting it. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that was part of the update. So the first time I went to go shoot somebody, I'm used to just like fanning the trigger on it. And there was a, a very solid point where it stopped. And I was like, oh. And so <laughs> yes. I didn't shoot a single bullet at the guy when I was trying to shoot. Because I was like, oh. And then I was dead. Um, so out of the, I think we only played like three games because Dallas's was broken and, and whatever. But out mm -hmm. of the three games we played, I feel like I never got used to the resistance on the trigger. And maybe it's just because... You don't do a lot of shooting in that game. It's very much like you shoot 10 bullets and they're dead or you're dead very quick too. But I feel like with more exposure, case, I would understand you look it. around a corner and then you're dead. <laughs> right. You don't even notice the adaptive triggers are a thing. <laughs> right. Um, so I feel like with more exposure, I would I would just get used to it. That's It just surprised me and I didn't, and my fingers weren't used to pressing that hard. But mm -hmm. 60 frames a second looked good. It And this is kind of the case with a couple other things too. The 60 frames a second 
being so smooth and everything looking like it's moving so smooth and quickly made me realize how slow my character moved in the game as well. And so that was a mm-hmm. is something I had to get used to too. But it was a fine update. Yeah, it was a fun update. I, I had no real complaints about the update because even the adaptive triggers isn't really a complaint because they are good adaptive triggers. Yeah. I think we just realized that in, when you're facing against a computer, it's one thing because it immerses you. When you're facing against a person, it's like, oh, fuck, I didn't even shoot a bullet. Oops. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it kind of takes away. But it's not like, you know, uh, it's not Ubisoft's fault necessarily. They were they were just adding PS5 features. Hold on. I want to hear more. You talked a little bit about last week about how you have started playing Grand Theft Auto V through the story for the first yes. time, and you're loving it. Continue to tell me about that experience. Um, I'm still loving it. Um, but I'm I'm gonna make a, a call here, not about the game, but that Chad really needs to play this game. Oh <laughs> you really, really do. So here's this is my my pitch, and actually, it's a question: Is it that? you've played Red Dead Redemption 2 or seen that and you're like, I don't want that kind of like super realistic immersive thing and you saw Chad playing dress up dolls. No, sorry, you saw Dallas playing dress up dolls in GTA 5 and that kind of turned you off because it's kind of playing into that like super simulation of reality kind of thing like you saw in Red Dead Redemption 2. Is it that that's turning you off from it? From GTA 5? I'm curious. Yeah. No, what's turning me off from GTA 5 is a little bit of it's such a huge and vast open world that like the character models are like not. I mean, I'm I'm spoiled by smaller open worlds like Spider-Man and things like that mm-hmm. where they can have a couple of limited things that they do, therefore everything can look a little bit better. But I go back and I look at Grand Theft Auto V, yeah. a PS3 game, and I'm like, mm, this isn't attractive mm. to look at. It might be fun to play, but I don't like looking at it. Like it, like in Dishonored, where I can't play it because their hands are too big. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little bit of that, just like the little bit of rough edges around it. But also, okay. everything everyone always says is amazing and that you can do in that game is just like, I don't find that interesting to do for long periods of time. I don't, I don't want to go fire bullets into somebody's windshield on a street for no reason. I don't want to collect coats and drive away from the cops while they shoot at me for no reason. I like to have progression and objectives and feel like I'm I'm evolving and getting better. So yeah, all of that just like, do whatever the fuck you want and you can drive a car into a UFO and then the UFO becomes peanut butter and rains down on the dogs and everyone licks it. <laughs> and that's crazy. It's like, that. that's not intriguing to me. So I'm glad you said all of that. Yeah, I know, because you were because you know, like, the narrative's great. <laughs> Exactly. The narrative is fantastic. And I do think that you would have fun with a crazy, like, you know, you can do anything you want. I think that in the context of the story, you'd kind of find some fun things to do there. Um, but this, the story does have that kind of sense of progression. Like when you're doing a heist, you're like, all right, you have to go and, and steal this van so that we have a getaway van. And we have like the pesticide people outfits on to blend in with you need to go into the jewelry store to kind of so you're kind of getting those like check marks to kind of build up to that heist when it happens um i was also very turned off with the idea of like oh i really don't want to punch someone random on the street and then run away from the cops and then just that's what i do like and quite frankly i think that's actually one of the weakest parts of the game is the Oh no, the cops are coming after me because then I just like hide in an alley and they don't know that I went in the alley. I feel like and that's what most people I'm, love about I've the escaped. end. Like, oh man, it's so much fun to just like see how high I can get the cop meter and then see if I can escape them. It's just like that's 
Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I when I got to level four cop meter because a story mission forced me to. Um, I I got I panicked. <laughs> I'm like, this is not fun. <laughs> they are coming after me in speedboats right now, and I ran on this beach to get on an RTV, and I did not do well on that. And now it's in the ocean, and I'm running away on foot. But they're in speedboats, so they can shoot at me, but I can't do anything. And it was just messy. It was it was really really messy, but I did escape. Um, I the story is just I think what would keep you coming back. I think I really feel like this, the characters and the witty dialogue. I'm just making the I'm making the plea. All right, do the, what when you the will. game just is the free, hear me doing this. When the game is free and all the games that I want to play <laughs> and don't have time for no longer exist, <laughs> then I'll give it a shot. <laughs> that is a series of conditionals that will never happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I made the plea. Um, I'm gonna. I want to beat the game before Cyberpunk comes out. So hopefully by like next days. week. I know. Uh, hopefully by next week I will have it beaten and I will give my full details on the game. But I'm I'm really really liking it. It's just such an awesome comment on American culture in just about every single uh, way. It's just there. It's kind of like how Matt Parker, uh, Trey Parker, and Matt Stone. Matt Stone, Trey Parker. Yeah. How they were talking about like South Park, how they just give the finger to everybody. It's not like they make fun of one like kind of subset of culture. They just spin around full 360 with their, you know, two middle fingers held up, getting everyone. That's what this game is in a lot of ways. And that's what I'm really enjoying about it is just how much how how far they take that and how unbelievably vulgar it can get when doing that. To the point where it's like I don't even want to say out loud some of the things, not because like it would just sound weird to say them out loud because some of them are so ridiculous. Like one of them is um, there's a show called Fame or Shame and the idea is basically like American Idol. You can either be Kelly Clarkson or you can be William Hung. It's Fame or Shame. <laughs> but either way, you're like, you'll be famous if you shame yourself enough. And like your character's daughter goes on that show um, and it kind of seems to be taking more of the shame approach to it. And what she does is very shameful. And I'm not going to say what it is. And when you're pulling her out of the camera in a way, she's like yelling like, Dad, you're embarrassing me. And just like something about that was absolutely hilarious. It's like, you embarrassed yourself. What do you mean I'm embarrassing you? <laughs> like, you did this yourself. And there's just this like zaniness and ridiculousness that every mission I'm looking forward to because I know I'm going to see something super crazy and out there. It's like the polar opposite of Red Dead Redemption 2 in in every way. Whereas like Red Dead Redemption 2 is like, all right, you know, your beard's going to grow normally. So, you know, you got to shave and you got to make sure that you go to the store and get some, you know, Dapper Dan because you're a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> so you can do your hair right and all that. Like yeah. every little detail is so like specific to the real world. And this is like the cops are coming after you. Hey, there's some supermodels who are modeling by jet skis. Take the jet skis from them and then run away from the cops with them. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous like kind of this this random scenarios they throw you into it's great i like that you enjoy it and i can appreciate the technical achievements to put all of that in one game and make it work it's amazing but moving on to what i played there's a lot of like same old same old destiny 2 woohoo loving stasis powers we're getting fucking bamf as hell demon souls having a blast with it maybe about halfway done (laughs) we are gonna do our spoiler chat on that mid-month 
Beat Saber, new sound pack by BTS, which is some kind of uh, Japanese or Korean boy band. Um, and they're, they're little figures. They're nendroids, like those nendroid action figures. And uh, even when you like watch a music video or like see billboards of them, they are those figures. And they come in the middle of the songs and they sing to you <laughs> and then they float away. Anyway, song pack, really, really fun. In fact, I think I found my new favorite song and it's uh, Dynamite. It's my new favorite, most fun song to play in Beat Saber. I'm also Is it Dynamite? Dynamite. I'm also uh, getting more and more comfortable with Expert Plus mode. I think the last time I talked Ooh. about it, I had just cleared Expert Plus for one song, and it was like a, an achievement. And now I've done it for about 10 songs. Hold on. I'm getting comfortable with it. But two things that I really actually want to talk about that are kind of new to my list. One is Fortnite. For the very first time, I was saving myself for God knows what for Fortnite. And by that, I mean, it's like I wasn't interested in it. But um, uh, I played Fortnite for the very first time this week because Matt was really into it. He saw Mando and Kratos, and he, of course, plunked on the money and got them both. And I went in looking at like a random ass character every single time, ass character. And um, I liked it. I had a good time. I had fun. It had adaptive triggers and stuff like that, too, in it. And I felt like those were, they fit really well with the game. They kind of differed depending on what you had, but. Um, I enjoyed what I played between Destiny 2 and Warzone and the rest of the games in the world. I don't have time to devote to it or spend any time with the Battle Pass or care about playing it ever again on my own. But if somebody, if Brent or Matt or somebody else is just like, hey, you want to play Fortnite? I was like, yeah, I'll play a little bit. I had fun with it. I enjoy it. It's good. One thing about Fortnite is I, the whole Kratos being in it has led to one of my favorite memes of the week, which is the, this is what Kratos looked like on PS2, PS3, <laughs> PS4, PS5, but it's like Kratos and Fortnite doing the Pokemon meme thing <laughs> yeah. or like emoji thing. I've seen him it's dancing really with a saxophone. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last one here, Monsters Probably Stole My Princess. Have you ever played this game? I've never heard of this. This game is a game... I, for a second, I thought you put this in here as a joke, or I'm like, is this a real thing, or is Chad just putting a funny game in here that doesn't actually no, exist? Because I've done that a few times. It is definitely a real game that exists, and it is fantastic. Monsters Probably Stole My Princess is from Mediatonic, the people who made Fall Guys, and it is a PlayStation oh, okay. Mini, which is... Uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is on your PSP Go. Yes. Okay, gotcha. So it's, it's about PSP Minis are, you can think of them as basically like the equivalent of WiiWare for PlayStation where they are small bite-sized games that you could play on your PlayStation 3 or uh, your PSP. And I recently just got a PSP Go for some reason. And um, <laughs> <laughs> after I spent the day and a half figuring out how to get it onto the internet because it doesn't support WPA2 uh, Wi-Fi security, and then learning that it takes six hours to download one gigabyte, um, so I'm downloading games very, very, very slowly. Uh, I downloaded Monsters Probably Stole My Princess. And this is a game that I remember sinking hours into. But it's basically, it's a vertical platformer. Uh, actually, not you can't really call it a platformer. Do you remember Sonic Jump on iOS? Where it's just kind of no. Sonic. Is it like Doodle Jump? I don't know. Maybe. But you're just jumping up through the screen, through a level, jumping from platform to platform to platform, chasing a monster. And you have to hit the monster yeah, three times like before you reach jump. the top of the screen. 
Not the monster part, but the other part sounds like Doodle Jump. Uh, so it's a really simple game. It's easy to do, but it's something that is so replayable. And in fact, there are only five or six levels. I beat literally beat the game in six minutes. But uh, the fun of it comes from you are, first of all, the the content is amazing. You're a, uh, a count, basically you're a vampire, that woke up in your castle one morning and you realized your princess was gone and you're like, oh, my princess is gone! Monsters probably stole them. So then he's just going from monster to monster in the world and he's like, you there! And he goes to like this giant eyeball thing. He's like, you probably stole my princess. And it's just like cutting a birthday cake. And then, so it's trying to run away from him and he's beating the shit out of it. Ha ha, oh, no princess! On to the next monster. So he's just beating the shit out of these poor monsters. Uh, so it's a very funny game. Infinitely replayable. There's like, you can get to the top, but then you also get more points and different achievements if you do it by hitting every single platform. If you hit every platform without jumping on one twice and that kind of thing. So uh, very fun game. Again, from the guys who made Fallout. Not Fallout, Fall Guys. Um, v good. <laughs> from Bethesda. From Bethesda. <laughs> monsters probably stole my princess. <laughs> Holden, let's move on to our quest log where we take a look at all the news stories from across the week, across the platforms, across the galaxy. Starting with Microsoft Quest Log. Getting into the news here with Halo Infinite may receive a Battle Royale game mode, says Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. There are rumors that claim that the Halo Infinite game would actually launch with this new mode. However, Brian Gerard, the community manager at 343, claimed that the rumors were unfounded. And then he actually also admits that he's aware 343 could help solve this with real news and that there would be a year-end update, although that update is not coming at the Game Awards. Um, what do you have to say about that? Think about what you've done. I actually feel like... <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself? I, I, <laughs> I feel like... They have a Half-Life. A Halo Battle Royale mode probably wouldn't be a bad idea, but at the same time, they want this to be the next 10 years of Halo. So, like, start small, focus on the basics, and you can introduce your Battle Royale mode in 2022. Yeah. So, like, I'm not surprised to hear it, but I also, there's been a lot of rumors about this, so I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually in development at, like, at some point in 343, like they're testing it or they have some ideas working around, but I, I'd be surprised if this is a priority for them given all the other things that are happening anyway. But he, he, um, Brian Gerard does say it's unfounded. So that also kind of leads to believe that like they kind of laughed it off when they heard about this because they didn't even know that Half-Life Infinite was going to have a Battle Royale mode because no one there they know of is working on one. So like, <laughs> yeah. so there's, yeah, there's that. Um, but I, I kind of feel like it might not be a bad idea. Halo could, I think, use that help right now. I think it would be a, a wonderful idea if it did happen. But I, I'm with you that I don't think it is going... It's not happening right now, at least. And part of that is because yeah. they want it to be a platform. They want Halo Infant to be a platform, and you can't have two platforms that you're expanding and supporting with content the mm -hmm. whole time. Um, yeah. And then there's also the infamous quote there where they said, uh, the only BR that's going to be in Halo Infinite is a battle rifle, rather than referring to the fact that Battle Royale was not going to be a part of it. So, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's happening, but I'm with you that I think it would be a good idea. And speaking of Halo Infinite, there's the actor that claims the game will release in spring 2021, says also Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. 
as if actors know anything about the release schedules of games. I'm kind of to play. I I agree with you, but to play devil's advocate, they might want him to do interviews and stuff like that, like press stuff at launch. So maybe they'll kind of like, hey, can you be available September, like in uh, March 2021? Like that's possible. I can see that. Although on the, I, on the so flip I, side, I, do you remember when the actor who played yeah. Goofy says Kingdom Hearts Three is coming next year, and that was like five years <laughs> before it launched or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, the other um, part of it, so I, 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 the article was really vague, and I'm like, let me see the context of this. And man, did I have to dig to find the actual quote where <laughs> he says this. And it was so impassing that I'm not convinced that it is for real. He's kind of like, they're like just kind of talking about like, what's it like to be recording? And he's like, oh, well, you know, with COVID, like maybe they're going to have me record some some new stuff later on because that's been happening lately. And, and you know, like, and then just says like something about September, uh, spring 2021 and passing. Like, but you also just said that you might be recording more stuff apparently. So like, how does that work? It like, it, it was mixed. So it's, this is definitely not a for sure thing. Well, we will see more from Halo Infinite later this month. We'll see if any of that turns out to be true. Next up, our Sony mm-hmm. Quest log. We have one story on the list. Leaked PlayStation report shows single-player games are, quote, thriving. Oh, my God. I'm going to, like, I have these, like, weird, not hiccups, but not burps, but not throwing up, but, like, all three of them want to happen at the same time. From Alex Calvin, <laughs> PC Games Insider. That was all part of the title of the article. Players are spending more time, apparently, <laughs> offline than online, according to this leak. Uh, so single-player games are a big part of that as well, couch co-op. And this led to PS5 features actually being developed in service of that, such as the activities, being able to see how much time is left in the mission or the quest that you're working on, um, and uh, the spoiler filters. And a big part of that was that people didn't want to go search wikis or online videos and things like that to figure out how to complete one small piece of a puzzle because they were worried they'd get spoiled on something else while they were searching. Uh, So that led to kind of those creations of those features, which I think is really cool. Um, And all of this is kind of running counter to the narrative that single-player games are dying and online multiplayer experiences are all companies are are interested in because that's all that's selling and that's all people are buying. And um, it turns out that, no, the opposite is true. Not necessarily opposite is true, but single-player games are doing pretty, pretty, pretty well. Yeah. I think the whole, like online multiplayer games are dying there's just so many games of services coming out now it's like i think that's just because companies can make more money off of a game of service game but the consumers are still very interested in the single player experiences i on this one i want to play devil's advocate too even though obviously this is seems pretty rock solid uh playstation being playstation and what their first party franchises are of course single player games are really big on the playstation Uh, console that makes a lot of sense i would like to see this same study or the same i guess data on microsoft where you know online games are really popular on the platform that kind of started console online multiplayer as a very prominent thing i would like to see that because i feel like if we got the same data for like a nintendo switch be like well yeah duh no wonder why people are playing (laughs) single player games primarily on nintendo um and i'm sure like on pc you might see a lot more multiplayer games like being played um Regardless, I think the point is still true that on PlayStation, the biggest console in the market at the moment, and likely to be the biggest console for the next generation as well, single-player games is still really huge, so no one should be afraid of single-player games going away. 
the sentiment is still 100% true, I feel. I think what actually lends a little bit more weight to the argument, and again, it's not even an argument, is the fact that this was an internal de- an internal memo. Like, this was not yeah. PlayStation coming out and saying, yeah, you know what? Single-player games are doing great. No, this is like something that was not meant to be seen by people outside of Sony. It was just something <laughs> internal. It's like, hey, y'all, this is why we're focusing on single-player games. It's because this isn't this, and it led to this. Like, that's, I think, what lends a little bit more credibility to it, because it's not the person who owns Absolutely. the product marketing about the product. Mm-hmm. If they had noticed a downshift in people playing God of War, for example, they're like, well, how can we make God of War a multiplayer experience right. instead? Because a single player thing is not interesting, apparently. Well, obviously, that's not true. Yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Next up, our third party quest log. Again, we have one story, but it's a big one. It's a big one, Holden. Bioware's Casey Hudson it is a big and Mark Dara are leaving yeah, the studio, yeah. says Liana Rupert at Game Informer. Um, this is this is big. So both Casey and Mark wrote farewell posts uh, where they exclaimed their optimism for the future of the franchises that they were kind of involved with and in charge of, Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Uh, they were obviously very confident in the team that they have to replace them going forward. There was uh, a contingency plan in place where who's going to take over. So Samantha Ryan, formerly of Blizzard, that's a plus, will take the helm of Dragon Age. And Mike Gamble will be heading the future of Mass Effect, including the remaster, uh, Legend, what's it called, Legendary Edition or something like that, um, as well as the forthcoming Mass Effect title TBD. Uh, that's I'm not big. convinced that's going to happen yet. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I I still feel like they could pull pull an Amy Hennig Star Wars Project Ragtag on that and just yank. Yeah. So. Hope I don't want that to happen, but I'm I'm not. Yeah, well, that's not the point of the story. That, well, that's for another time. Yeah. What do you think are the uh, are? Where do you think they're going? What do you think is the reason for them leaving? And both of them at the same time. Yeah, I really. So this is an interesting story, and what's interesting too is is that no one out. Just like kind of when Sean Layden left, there's a lot of like discussion of like what could have caused this. What's you know what's happening here? And there's kind of two sides of like, oh, this is a really bad thing, or this is a really good thing. And I kind of feel like we don't know, and there's no way that we will know until we see kind of how things play out the next few years, what happens, how good is this next Dragon Age game, um, all that kind of stuff. Like we're just gonna have to wait and see. I have a hunch that it's. They have a, they had a contingency plan. They had people already taking over these franchises. That's usually happening because there's a discussion of like, hey, my name is Casey, uh, Casey Hudson. I would like to leave Bioware right now. Can we make sure that the franchises I care about aren't left in the dust for when I leave? And then EA and management there have a discussion. They figured it out. It's, it feels like to me that's what happened here. Yeah. Um, but I don't know for a fact. I'm just assuming that. Um, but I feel like there's good reasons to assume that. And But on the other end too, like... Bioware hasn't been doing as good lately. Maybe Casey Hudson and all them wanted to separate themselves from that so they can kind of start afresh again. Um, or it could be that EA asked them and said, hey, this is not going well with Bioware. Um, we're thinking maybe we want to have new leadership here. Like, we would like to phase you out. And it, it, that could have been the conversation too. I have no idea. I really have no clue whatsoever. So it's kind of hard to say, like, if this is a good or bad thing or not. Either way, it seems like it's being handled well, whether it was because Casey wanted to leave or EA wanted them to leave. So either way, it looks like it's being handled well, which is good. Yeah, I agree. I think all signs are pointing to good things all around. The fact that 
They are mm-hmm. leaving. There was an announcement from both people, everyone acknowledging it. There's a contingency plan, all the mm-hmm. things that you said. Yeah, it, it's pointing to it being amicable and uh, that it will transition well into whatever the new product will be for both of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited yeah. to see the Dragon Age might be one of those things that we see something from at the Game Awards. I hadn't even remembered I think that. they've already said it is going to be there. Oh, they did? I think it's already Great. been confirmed. <clears throat> I, think, I think so. I think so. Cool. Let me look it up now. I'm pretty sure I saw it. While you're looking that up, I'm going to transition us into our fetch quests. These are a slew of headlines that are not much more meat than the headlines themselves, but I think they're worth bringing up. Starting with the fact, sorry, I've got a super itchy inside of my nose right now. Sonic the Hedgehog movie sequel <laughs> will begin shooting in March of 2021, says Chris Moyes at Destructoid. Um, Emerald Hill is kind of the, the code name being thrown around there. Um, and the current release date is set for April 8th, 2022. Interesting that a movie like Sonic, with all that CGI, only takes a year to shoot and do post-production on and then come out. Well, they could redesign Sonic and put him entirely in the first movie that quickly. So, yeah. Also, he moves so fast that it probably is just so fast to make it as well. Like That's what it is. That movie was good. Uh, Dragon Age will be at the Game Awards. EA has confirmed it. Great. Next up, Doom Eternal Switch release date revealed, says Matt Purcell at IGN, and it is soon. It is this Thursday, December 8th. That game was like, there was some iffiness about it about a week ago. Like, is it coming out? And they're like, yes, it's still coming out, but they're being cagey. Turns Actually, out it's Thursday. Is this Tuesday? It'll be out by the time you're listening to this oh, is it on Tuesday? YouTube December and podcast 8th? Oh, services. Yeah, December 8th yeah. is Tuesday. Well, slap my ass and call me Sally. Next up, the, the new Nintendo Switch image transfer system is so wild... It's hard to believe it exists, says Chris Carter at Destructoid. (laughs) Uh, For those of you who don't know, the new software update for your Nintendo Switch allows you to share images uh, via hard drive, so you can connect it via USB-C for a hard drive, or you can send it to your phone with a QR code, which is an odd and weird way to do things, but... Times two. Times two? I did it. I did it today. It is saying it's a QR code is misleading because it is actually two QR codes. You, <laughs> it on. was such a strange process. You go to a screenshot that's on your Switch. Mm-hmm. You say there's a send, like share, and you can say send to my phone. And then it shows you a QR code. So you go to the camera app on your phone and you scan the QR code. And then it has you tap a link. And then that link then prompts your Switch to show you a second QR code. And then you scan that QR code. And then it gives you a link to download it from a website. Oh, my God. Yeah. Woof. It is still better than what Sony has. Right. But let's be honest. <laughs> when Sony... When Sony does this, they're going to do what Microsoft did, which makes way more sense, which is save it to the app, an app that Nintendo also has on smartphones and could have <laughs> implemented that way, which just continues the trend of Nintendo does not know how the internet works. Yep. They just don't understand it. I, I applaud them it's for at really least figuring out a solution for me to wirelessly get my photos from my Switch to my phone without having to first send them to Twitter <laughs> or to someone else in a message. That's good. But yeah, this is if I wanted to do that for hundreds of photos, no. Nah. nah. You can do it with a batch of photos too. You can select a batch of them and then send oh, them. Oh, you can? As and it's a still batch, just two QR codes? 
for the whole batch? It's still just two QR codes. <laughs> for the low price of no, two QR two codes. two per photo. That'd be amazing. Actually, I haven't done it yet with a batch photo. Okay. Maybe it is two QR codes per in photo. In fact, it might Who be knows? four per photo if you do it in the batch. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing, actually, about that update I want to mention. Um, they have a new Nintendo Switch Online section. Like, you know, like, on the bottom of the Switch home screen, they have, like, eShop and, you know, your settings yeah. and all that stuff. They have a Nintendo Switch Online portion now. So you can see all the few things you get with your Nintendo Switch <laughs> Online subscription. They had a part where they're like, here are all the games that you can do voice chat with via the Nintendo Switch app, and there were four listed. I don't know if it was just four games that I owned or it was four in total, but I'm like, if you're using your phone app, you might as well just use Discord and get it for every game on the Switch. Like, it's just pointless. It's so pointless. Yeah. I think I mentioned this during a game night, but I don't think I put it on. I mentioned it here on the podcast, but I love that about two weeks ago, Nintendo released a new like promotional trailer for Nintendo Switch. And it's all based around, like, if you can't get together with your family this holiday, you can still be together and play games. <laughs> so it's it's pe- people playing Animal Crossing together or Mario Kart and all that kind of stuff. And then you get to the end of the ad, and it's over, and you realize... All of them were communicating with each other via FaceTime and via Skype, and no one in the commercial was using the actual Nintendo online app to communicate while playing games. It's wonderful. It's a huge upgrade, though, because on the Wii U, you had to do string and can, and that's how you're able to communicate with your friends. <laughs> Did, that was you actually before. had to get like a. Uh, you had to get something with Animal Crossing on the Wii U, didn't you? And it was like a, a speaker or microphone system that sat on top of your TV when you got Animal Crossing to communicate. I'm sure it was a mess. Yeah. I don't doubt it. Uh, three more fetch quests left. Metal report. Metal Gear Solid movie tops taps. Son of a bitch. Metal Gear Solid movie taps Oscar Isaac to play Solid Snake, says Ian Walker at Kotaku. Uh, this is really exciting. The movie has been kind of like floated around from Jordan Vogt Roberts, I believe is how you say his name, uh, for years. Mm. And in fact, even last year, Oscar Isaac threw himself out there in the world to say, hey, I would love to play yeah. Snake in Metal Gear Solid. Turns out that is happening. Uh, something that we dug in and, and found, however, is that the movie is coming from the writers of Jurassic World, uh, Detective Pikachu, and what was the other movie? It was... Uh, Citizens Kane. No. Citizen Kane. Citizens plural Kane. <laughs> Uh, no, but uh, so some movies that don't have great track records. Detective Pikachu was was a great movie, but it wasn't. That's not well true. Written, but Citizen Kane has a great track record. It's in a brilliant. <laughs> but the script. sequel, Citizens Kane, was not reviewed well. Citizens Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic World was like it's like the top. Th- I think it's third best grossing movie at the box office of all time, but it's not a good movie. But. Jordan Vogt Roberts, huge fan of the series, huge fan of Kojima, like nerd level fan. So I have I have faith for it. Mm-hmm. Do you think Oscar Isaac's a good pick for Snake? Yeah, I think so. I think had had Kiefer Sutherland not replaced, um, what's his face? I can't remember the original actor. Had he not replaced him in Phantom in Phantom Pain, I would have David Sater or something like that. David Hater. David Hayter. Um, I don't think I would have been on board with Oscar Isaac. But when Kiefer Sutherland came in and was like, oh, Solid Snake could really kind of be played by anybody who's like gruff enough or even though literally <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland says like six words that entire game. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I love Oscar Isaac. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Um, and I think the role of Solid Snake will be great for him. I think the reason I think Oscar Isaac can pull it off is that 
I feel like at a surface level glance of someone who doesn't know anything about Metal Gear, it's a serious game about you know war and espionage <laughs> and stuff. But no, it's actually really goofy and it's kind so of bizarre. Goofy. But it then has those like kind of gruff moments too. And I feel like Oscar Isaac could play both sides of that really well. Yep. So I think it's a good pick. Two left, both both related to Naughty Dog. The first is The Last of Us Part 2 receives a new story trailer focusing on Abby's emotional journey, says Rachel Fittis at Dual Shockers. Uh, if, it is an excellent trailer, evokes a lot of emotions, immediately made me want to go back and platinum the game and play it a second time. However, if you have not played that game before, it is filled with spoilers. Filled with Christ yeah. love. It's spoilers. like... Have- like tons of spoilers. It's like having a trailer for Empire Strikes Back where Darth Vader says, "Luke, I am your father." I mean, <laughs> like the big stuff is in that trailer. Yep. And I really, I guess here's, the, you're right. It's a great, great trailer. I'm mean, like not a commentary on on the quality of the trailer at all. It's a great trailer. However, considering that this game is going to become a TV show at some point, and someone would go like, "Oh man, like I can't wait for season two of The Last of Us." Let me just see what the game was like. Oh, here's this trailer. And then they have it ruined for them. I just feel like it, not a lot of foresight there. Here's what I, uh, the intention behind the trailer, I think. Game Awards coming up. They needed to remind people. Mm-hmm. You know, Hades has the recency bias to, to really get people behind it. And they needed to remind people, remember all yeah. this crazy shit we made you do? Um, so Yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Here's, remember all these things you hated about the game? Well, here's Abby's storyline. <laughs> And finally, Neil Druckmann becomes co-president of Naughty Dogs, says Marcus Stewart at Game Informer. He got elevated from his previous vice president role um, to now be co-president, which is really dope because I think he's taking that studio in mm-hmm. uh, in a really, really great direction. It also makes sense, too. Like When you think Naughty Dog, I think the first person you're going to think of is Neil Druckmann. Yeah. Used so. to be Amy Hennig. Makes sense. Used to be also be Nolan yeah, North. Yeah, used to be Amy Hennig. Now it's Neil Druckmann. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And it probably will be for a long time. Because he started there as an intern, I believe. Like, he's been there his whole career. Started from the bottom. Now he's here. Mm-hmm. Co-president. Yeah. That was a very small jump up. You're like, well, he was I here, mean, and now he's, like, It's all about perspective. Because if you look in the wall behind me while I'm doing it, that's, like, a good foot and a half difference. But if you're right here on my level, it's, like, only an inch or two. If you're way back in Japan, that's the difference between, like, a third of the globe. You know, to be fair, though... They have a very flat hierarchy, so it really isn't like a. You're right, huge flat hierarchy. Jump so up. this is actually, yeah, this is like literally from bottom to top. I drop. It's also just like Earth. Yeah. But below the Earth, above the Earth, below the Earth, above the Earth, because it's yeah. flat. Yeah. Well, like because we all know Earth is flat. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like pancake. Brush so the bottom of the pancake. Finally, the back say of your that hand. out loud to someone. <laughs> you can feel really how warm the pancake is on the back of your hand, and then you put your hand on top of it on the top to squish it down and make it even flatter, because Earth's not flat enough yet. <laughs> Moving on to Game On Game Show. The Game On Our Gaming Show. We play a game called Game On. The Gaming Show on Our Game Show. Game, 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 game. Holden, we have a fan favorite coming in right now with Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. Looking back, it has been two months since our last iteration of Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. It is uh, a fun one for me to come up with, and it is fun for me to laugh at you while you play it. Holden, <laughs> this is a quiz show game where we are at four rounds, each with different time signature. Oh no! This phone's dead. This phone is streaming for me. Uh oh! You have an Apple Watch. Oh, I have an Apple Watch. Okay, I'm gonna keep track of you on my watch. Here we go. Damn it! I just did that to myself. <laughs> Fuck. So Holden, Apple Watches don't track time, Chad. Don't do it. You have, they don't track time. You have four rounds. Each one has a different time limit, usually. 
and then different kind of requirements for each round. <coughs> if you get through all four rounds, you get a special secret prize. If, however, <laughs> you mess up and you don't pass a certain round, you still have to complete the rest of the game, but you do not get the super secret prize. Holden, are you ready you for Quiz Me, Captain, Me, Margaret? No, I'm not, because I have to make an analogy I just realized right okay. now. Do you know what this game is like? What? This game is like in 30 Rock. They had the game show in the last season called Homonym. Oh, yes. Nope, it's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's the other one. The best one of that was uh, Au Pair. Oh, this is easy. There's only one of them. It's like a it's like a French nanny. Nope, it's the other one. What? What is the other one? You're forgetting the exclamation about a fruit. Oh, Pear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's the best one. Anyway, we keep going now. All right, hold on. <laughs> Round one of Quiz Me Catman's Me Margaret is 30 seconds. Consists of one question or or challenge uh, that you have to complete. Are you ready for round one of Quiz Me Captain? It's Me Margaret. <laughs> no, but I don't have a choice. That's exactly right. 30 <laughs> seconds for first round of Quiz Me Catman's Me Margaret starting now. Name three women in the video game industry. Oh, Amy Hennig. Mm-hmm. One. Is one. Ashley Johnson. Two. And then Laura Bailey. Three. Boom. Very good. Well done. You are not sexist. Round two. <laughs> the stakes get a little bit higher. And by stakes, I mean they're the same stakes, but more questions and more time. Holden, we have 60 seconds for round two. This one has several steps, several challenges, several questions you need to complete before you're able to move on to the third round successfully. Are you ready for round two? Of Quiz Me Captain. It's me, Margaret. Let's do it. 60 seconds on the clock, starting now. What are three games without shooting mechanics? Can I, wait, can we stop for a second? I need to clarify a question here. This is important. Does shooting a bow count? Are you talking about it only counts. about guns? No, shooting anything. Fireballs, that counts. Start now. Go. <sighs> Shit. Okay. Um, God of War. You don't shoot an axe, you throw an axe. Okay. God of War. Three That'll games? Work. Three games. Yep. Two more. Three games? Uh, Super Mario. No, I can't do that one. Uh, oh, uh, Super Mario World Two, Yoshi's Island. Oh no, you shoot eggs. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, this is this is really hard. Um. Oh, um, The Witness. Okay, two. Tear uh, tear away. Three. That we'll count that. Uh, next, spell Nintendo backwards. Oh, I hate this. Okay, Nintendo. I'm writing. I have to write it out. <laughs> I'm going to write it out and then read 15 it. seconds right. left. O-D-N-E-T-N-I-N. Pronounce Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Name four Latin American countries where video games are played. Five seconds. <laughs> Brazil? Nope. Brazil? Nope. Wait, Lat- Latin America? Wait, what are you talking about? Oh, you know what? Why I have to give that to you. I meant to write Central American countries, but I wrote Latin American countries. Because of the mistake, yes, you will get that entire thing. You will move on successfully to round three. Okay. Holden, had the, had the question been named for Central American countries where video games are played, do you think you could have accomplished that? Central American countries? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. You're not xenophobic. We're not going to test you on that because that might come up in a later one. <laughs> Round three, Holden. You're moving on. You're halfway there. Lemon on a pear. 20 seconds this long. Is, I think I always fail in round two, so I'm already doing really Most well this time. Most of the time, time. you do. Uh, that's where Budokai yeah. Tenkaichi 3 comes in a lot. <laughs> I hate you so much so, for that. <laughs> third round usually is you trying to convince me of something. And if you're successful, you move on. Mm-hmm. If you're not successful, you do not move on. Well, you still move on. But This, you... is, the ad hom- this is the hominem one. This is the hominem. This... Nope, it's the other one. <laughs> correct. Correct. <laughs> this one is 20 seconds. Um, 
Are you ready for round three of Quiz Me Captain? It's me yes. and Margaret. 20 seconds on the clock starting now. Convince me why Telltale should do a Dungeons and Dragons game. I'm really confused by the question, to be honest. Do you, can we stop for a second? No, to clarify you have 10 seconds what you left. Why should Telltale do a Dungeons and Dragons game? Because choosing your own adventure is exactly what Telltale is good at. Until Dungeons and Dragons, that's a, it's a do you choose your own adventure. Time is up and you nailed game. it. Yes, choose your own adventure. That's exactly what Dungeons and Dragons is, and that's exactly what Telltale does. Whew. <laughs> Holden, I was really confused with the question. Holden, this is unprecedented. <laughs> Not just unprecedented, but unprecedented. It's so much like Donald Trump right now, who is unprecedented. <laughs> yes. All right, Holden. Our final round. You have 30 seconds to get four correct answers. This is usually an either-or scenario, as it is today as well. And uh, there is no criteria for the correct answer. One of them is just correct, and one of them is incorrect, based on my own whim. Holden, <laughs> you have... I need, to, I need to collect my breath for a second. Okay. This is a big deal. 30 seconds. You need four correct answers. There are 10 total, by the way. I don't know if we've ever gotten through all 10, but you have 10 options, 10 opportunities for correct answers. Okay. Starting now. Tina Turner or Time Turners? Time Turners. Correct, Harry Potter. Rings or amulets? Amulets. Amulets almost always give you better things. Correct. Cuphead or Hedgehog? Hedgehog. No, Cuphead. Hedgehog sucks. Sonic? Ew. Did you know that Taco Bell is now serving Mountain Dew Baja Blast Zero? Yes or no? No, I didn't. You know did that. know that. I texted the group thread. You got that wrong. Standard Y or inverted Y? <laughs> Standard Y. Correct. Physical or digital? Oh, I'm so sorry, Holden. That's time. You only got three correct <laughs> answers. Oh, I thought you were going to get it. I honestly thought you were going to get it. If only you would remember that I texted the group about Taco Bell's Mountain Dew Baja Blast Zero. <laughs> I made it so close so close but it was the other one it was the other one you did not it get the, other the super secret prize I'm so sorry Holden maybe next time we'll carry that prize over for the next incarnation of Quiz Me Captain it's me Margaret <laughs> that is it for Game On Game Show and that is it for our episode today episode 189 of Respawn Aim Fire the Kick-Ass Irreverent Gaming Podcast couple things for you to remember. Watch the Game Awards with us on Thursday. See whether we were right or wrong or what we guessed was coming. Uh, go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. Float us a dollar if you want to participate in that. We will have more info on Patreon and Twitter about how to do that. While you're there, you can also get a bunch of dope wallpapers. I know I'm late on this week. Get off my ass. And by this week, I mean month. Uh, those are coming. And you get to influence what we play. Because very soon, we'll start up our regular barf segment for January. What is barf for November and December? It is Godfall and Demon's Souls. Those are the games you heard, you told us that you wanted to know more about with spoiler chats and in-depth discussions. Demon's Souls will be coming in the middle of this month. Godfall will be coming end of this month slash beginning of January. That's it, y'all. Thank you so much for watching. Go leave us reviews. Go like our shit. Go follow us on Twitter. Interact with us. Sell me a cookie. That's that's what I intended to say. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right, 
everyone. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, until next time, here is our usual sign-off. I forgot the sign-off again, Holden. I remembered it the other night, and then I wanted to not write it down so that it would be spontaneous and genuine, and I forgot it again this time. God damn it. And I told you. I told you to you write it down. You did tell me to write it down, but then it wouldn't have been spontaneous. I did. Fuck me. 30.